You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Just going 17 Central African time. Let's welcome a five and sagacious of Mawadeh Hati. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, this evening we'll be talking to a favorite doctor that comes on this platform of medical files, our very own Dr. Farooq Hafiji, who is a family physician. And alhamdulillah, I told me, Shafa'at, I'll only start my program after I finish my salah. Noor ala noor. He's just finished his Isha Salah, fresh of the Isha Salah, is our Dr. Farooq Hafiji. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi and tell me how you're doing this fine, beautiful evening, Doctor. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And to you and your listeners, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has given us another beautiful day. Uh, we shouldn't complain, especially in Durban, although it's so humid this time of the year. We're actually paying for our winter, remember, because we have mild winters, so we shouldn't complain about the weather. Hmm? Absolutely, Doctor. You make a good point there. Don't complain. Kullu hang. You know, make shukar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We had advertised your program uh, throughout the day. And alhamdulillah, during the day, lots of questions have come through. And uh, let's uh, kick off with this. Uh, Merun says, Assalamu alaikum. I was so excited to hear that uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji will come on. And this is my contribution. She says, What are some of the ways to prevent a child from getting electrocuted? Many love putting the fingers in. Uh, plug sockets. I know, Doc, when I was a kid, I do, did some uh, some things like that, to put it in a plug socket and this socket, and that few times I jumped, uh, Doc. Uh, how do you prevent ch- children from doing that? Or should parents uh, be taking precautions? Yes, that's a very important question. That is absolutely important. And, you know, children are very curious. Uh, children want to uh, learn. They are, they are on an exponential learning curve. Uh, and, and from the time they start crawling, they they are absolutely curious about everything around them. Uh, so they will, uh, they will look uh, to see what's going on. And uh, for some reason, uh, the young, the older ones, the slightly older ones who are about 18 months and or two years, two and a half years, they are very intrigued by, by holes. Uh, so they will put uh, beads in their nose and they'll, they'll, they'll put beads in their ears and they'll uh, so put material in their nose and their ears. And of course, uh, you, see, uh, you know, these, these plug points, these power points have also got, uh, are also holes, you see. So it's, uh, it's quite, uh, 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 quite exciting for them to put their finger into those, into those uh, holes. Yeah, yes, you are, uh, you, you are, so the important thing is that when you have a child in the house, you have to take everything that, um, that's at the bottom away from there, whatever it is. What, whatever the child can hurt themselves with has to be taken off and put onto a shelf. So it's not only the PowerPoint, but all the other sharp things, uh, the glass. Some, some, some people have glass tables, you know, and you've got to be careful because the child will probably climb onto the glass table and go through it. But, but the PowerPoint should be protected. You get, you do get PowerPoint protectors, which are the best thing to do. They are blanks, which go into the PowerPoint, and of course blocks the holes, which is the one that attracts them. Which is the holes that are, that are attracting them. So, rather put those blanks in, so that you can protect the PowerPoint. Otherwise, put a furniture in front of it, so the child can't get to it. But you know, the child of children are very curious. If they, if they the PowerPoint, and you put a furniture in front of the PowerPoint, you can bet your life on it, they will want to move that furniture to get to the PowerPoint. Mm. So, 
rather do that when they are young, young and while they are not uh, very attentive, uh, attentive to, to, to these things, and let the furniture stay there uh, and, uh, until the child is old enough to realize uh, what's going on. Absolutely. A wise advisor from our doctor, Farooq Afiji there. Yes, uh, kids, hey, they are sharp. They're watching you. They're making, okay, you play that, you play this. They play chess with you people. They get you checkmate sometimes. Siddiqa says, Assalamu alaikum. We get mixed signals from dietitians, herbalists, and hakeems. Some say kulinji seeds are good for uh, to have. Others say it could be hazardous if not used properly. Please advise uh, wiser Dr. Paru Kafiji. Hey, they love you, Doc. Okay, I, I didn't get that, uh, Shafat. What, uh, what are you talking about? A Kulunji seeds. Yeah, the, oh, Kulunji we seeds. get mixed signals from oh, no. Kulunji seeds are absolutely some very good. good uh, and some say it's uh, not too... Because uh, too they are not high, they're very high in antioxidants. Uh, our body needs antioxidants. And, uh, uh, you know, the foods that contain antioxidants are the dark-colored fruit and vegetables. Now, you get different colors. You get the five colors. Black is one of them, but black, is, black would be the sixth color. Usually, it's red, green, orange, yellow, and purple. These are the four colors of the fruit and vegetables. The brighter the color, the more the antioxidant it has. And you'll notice that the Kurunji seeds are dark black, absolutely pitch black. And that's, and that's why they are so rich in uh, antioxidants. And the, 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 the more stressful life we lead, the faster we do things, the more things we have to do, we, we, we produce free radicals. Our body produces free radicals while we're doing that. And these antioxidants go and eat up the free radicals or, or take them up uh, to consume them or, or bind with them so that they make them unavailable to the body. And these free radicals are the ones that cause harm, they cause damage to the tissues. That's why antioxidants are so important for us. That is why antioxidants are necessary for us to, to take on a regular basis. And there's no better way to take it than in food. So Kurunji seeds are powerful antioxidants, and I think all of us should have it. Okay, advice from Doc is all of us should have Kulunji seeds. Anis says, uh, Assalamu alaikum. We recently lost many family members due to COVID uh, pandemic. Many had also recovered. I noticed that many who went to hospitals and never made it. Am I paranoid or delusional? Please uh, advise, Doctor. What was your observation? Dr. Farrell? Uh, yes, no, that's a, that's a very good question again, because we feel that a lot of people feel that when they go to hospitals, that's the end of their life. But uh, we, we, hear, we hear about the people who pass away, but we don't hear about the people who left the hospital. The majority of people who go to hospital with COVID-19 come out without any problems whatsoever. Not, not without any problems. They do have long-term problems, but most of them recover. Most of them recover uh, from from the infection uh, with with the treatment that they give them in hospital. Uh, only a small percentage pass away, but 
the, the ones that we know about and we highlight are the ones that have passed away. But there are many, many thousands of, of uh, people who have been to hospital. In fact, hundreds of thousands of people who have been to hospital and have come out quite okay. Uh, they may not be completely better, but they, are, they, are, they haven't passed away and they, they are quite okay. Allah Ta'ala knows best whether we go or not, and that, that depends on, solely on Allah But we hear the bad news. We don't hear the good news. We don't hear the people who did so well and left the hospital. And this happens every day in hospitals where, they, where, where the staff are so happy to see people get better and, and leave the hospital. So that is a far, a far more prominent, it's, it's a far more uh, uh, important for us to, 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 to focus on rather than on people passing away. Yes, as you said, Allahu Alam. Uh, Anonymous says, how should a family member who suffers from severe OCD be handled? They refuse a, a medication, etc. Doctor? The first thing about uh, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder can start in children, and we, you, you need to watch for these symptoms in children and try and, and help them overcome this because uh, it does become worse as time goes on. And, of course, during uh, adolescence, during the, the 14 to 20 years, the, the, the OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, really goes out of control and can cause havoc in the child's life. And this is a time when the child is uh, either doing kids or going to madrasa or, or in high school or, or, or uh, getting into university or that's the crucial time in their life when there's stress involved, quite a bit of stress involved and of course OCD always becomes worse with stress. OCD results in anxiety. So the OCD the, the, or the person who's obsessive and has to do things uh, in, in a particular way becomes very anxious if they don't do it. And so it can be fixed without medication, but it has to, you know, the person who, who, uh, who has the problem needs to, needs to be dedicated to try and fix it up. They give up when anxiety comes in. The anxiety is so overwhelming that it's better for them to go through the motions of the obsessiveness of the, of the obsessive things that they're doing rather than try and fight it. So... They have an uphill battle. They, they, they all want to get better without medication, but it's very, very difficult sometimes for them because the anxiety overtakes them. Uh, with the result that they, uh, they, 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 they say, you know what, they tell, they tell themselves, they justify it and say, you know what, I'd rather just do it and get over it and my anxiety will go down and that'll be the end of the story. So, uh, you, you know, very bad obsessive compulsive disorder requires medication. And the medications we use are not addictive and they actually help tremendously to, to, to make the person realize that this obsessive compulsiveness of theirs is just a feeling that they get that they need to do something on a repetitive basis. Uh, so uh, it just teaches them that you can lead a normal life without getting into any trouble if you don't repeat this. If you, if you don't have a, if you don't, if you don't put soap on your body ten times, uh, if, you, if you put soap on your body one time, it's okay. Nothing is going to happen. But a certain compulsive person will want to put soap on their body ten times uh, before they come out of the bathroom. So they spend an half an hour, sometimes even one hour in the bathroom trying to clean themselves. Uh, 
and they really get into trouble because it, it interferes with their normal activities. Once you start interfering with their normal activities, then we've got a real problem. Then most most of them would require medication at that time. Uh, they hold up the bathroom in the morning for other members of the family to go into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. uh, they create havoc in the house because uh, they just cannot do without doing these repetitive movements. But as I said, uh, in the early stages, you can help them get over it. But once it's established and creating a lot of anxiety, then, then unfortunately, you'd have to use medication to get them out of it. Yes, sir, Dr. You make a lot of uh, sense, uh, but uh, uh, if you say, I mean, uh, what I'm reading from you is if you don't uh, deal with it in the initial stages, uh, then uh, perhaps, uh, you know, it can get worse and disrupt the household, and uh, perhaps the person uh, will be uh, more a burden to, to society, uh, Doc. Absolutely, it's, and it's not, it's not only as, uh, it's an adult life too. I mean, I know a, I know a person that uh, is a businessman, and uh, at, at the end of the day, he has to sanitize every note in his till. So he spends, he spends about an hour, hour and a half after he closes the shop, sometimes two hours, depending on how busy he was and how much of cash he had. He takes every every note that he has in his till, and he sanitizes it. And then he has to hang them on a line uh, to dry overnight. He comes in the morning, and he now takes it off the pig uh, on the line, and, and now he's quite happy because of the, uh, the, 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 the notes are all sanitized. Uh, and this happens every day. You can imagine how consuming it is. Uh, and uh, this is uh, something that he has to do, because if he doesn't do it, he'll spend the whole night sitting, uh, uh, staying awake, walking up and down, wandering, sure. thinking that, you know what, I should have done it. I should have done it. I should. I need to go back again and do it. And, and that sort of thing, that creates a lot of anxiety in him. And uh, so what he does, he, he goes ahead and goes and does it. So every evening he'll go and sanitize every uh, note that he gets. So that, that's a, so it does interfere with, the, with, the, with life. Zakala for sharing that, uh, Doctor. Whilst we con uh, contemplate on that, let us go for a break, and inshallah, we will continue after that. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. The program is uh, Medical Files, and our family physician is in consultation, uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji. Get your questions in on our WhatsApp number 084-786-3132. Lucalo is on the board. Uh, Shireen says, Assalamu alaikum. Whenever I eat uh, meat, pimples appear on my forehead. Why is this so? It also happens uh, when I eat chicken too, doctor. Uh, yes, uh, if it's acne that um, that uh, we're talking about, um, acne is usually related to hormone changes in the body. It's not uh, really related to any food that we eat. But uh, some of the food can aggravate the acne, and usually these are sugary foods, uh, foods uh, with um, extra extra refined carbohydrates because they encourage the uh, they encourage the organisms which grow in the acne uh, in the acne posture uh, to grow faster to grow more so that creates a 
a, a, a bit of a problem. So that's why we say that you should should keep away from uh, too too much. You can have it, but not too much of sugary things. But that, but that doesn't cause the acne. It doesn't cause the pimples. It's actually the hormone changes that are taking place in the body that creates the uh, uh, creates the problem. Uh, however, you can get a heat rash, which is a bit different from uh, an uh, acne. Uh, it looks it looks very different, but uh, you often find it in children. Uh, and a heat rash can resemble acne sometimes, and these are, are often. Uh, you know, um, they come up when when, when you're overheated, uh, or if your body meta metabolism has increased, uh, and uh, or if you've been sweating in an area, uh, and the sweat has has been left uh, on that area for a long period of time. For instance, if you've been sweating on a pillow. <coughs> And uh, you keep lying on the pillow at night with the sweat on the pillow. Uh, you wake up in the morning. You may have a rash on the side of your face uh, because of that of the interaction with the with the sweat on your skin. The irritation that's caused by that. So that can give you a bit of a rash as well. But otherwise, acne generally, generally, the common acne that we find is caused uh, by is caused by hormone changes. Looking at a question from uh, Nuruddin, uh, Nuruddin says, I'm of normal height and uh, normal weight too. Very active, but my knees get the ache quite often. I'm 60 years old. Any advice, uh, doctor? Uh, aching knees. You need to check whether you've got a family history of arthritis, uh, because it may be a start of arthritis that's, uh, that's uh, creating the problem. Uh, and also, you need to check whether there is any swelling of the knee. Uh, if there is swelling of the knee, then you need to check that, because uh, you may be just beginning to get uh, osteoarthritis, which is uh, um, with um, the wear and tear of the, of the joint, the knee joint. And uh, if it's an inherited form, you can get it even if you are not overweight. Um, usually it happens in overweight people because of the weight-bearing, the knee is a weight-bearing joint, so if you're, if you're very overweight, the knees have to carry that extra weight, and of course, they wear down much faster, and that's why people who are, are overweight eventually end up with some form of arthritis uh, in the knees and the hips and the back. But um, if there is no swelling, uh, and if there is no swelling, then you have to uh, consider, um, you know, a, a variety of things. And, and you need to even look at your shoes to see whether your shoes are okay. Because sometimes wearing the wrong shoe for your foot can cause knee pains and it can cause backache as well. So. Uh, people who, who cannot wear flat shoes, who have flat feet, uh, who wear flat shoes instead of wearing shoes with a heel, will eventually end up uh, with knee pain. Uh, but, uh, but the knee, there will be no swelling on the knee. And, uh, and they'll be able to bend the knee and straighten the knee without any problems whatsoever. Because the pain is not caused by any joint problem. The pain is caused by, by the tendons and the muscles that are being stretched because of the abnormal foot posture. So all these things need to be uh, looked at to, to see where the cause of it, or cause of it is. So I, I think uh, a visit to the doctor uh, may help to find out what it is. The doctor may do some blood tests to check whether his arthritis is starting or not. Uh, and 
uh, if all those blood tests are negative, then look for local reasons to see what it is. Have a look at the shoes to see whether there is a problem with the shoe or not. Some people wear very loose shoes, very loose shoes, uh, and of course, while they walk, they're gripping the shoe with their toes without realizing it, and, and of course, our tendons, which control our toes, are their, their muscles are on our legs, and they are attached. their attachment is near the knee joint. So, you would get some knee pain and some some calf pain or or, or uh, shin pain, pain in front of your leg uh, caused by the loose shoe that you're wearing. So it's important to check all that out. Doctor, you know, you make a lot of sense, and I'm going to ask you a very important question here. What shoes you wear? I mean, how are you into sketches and grasshoppers, or are you into that, uh, you know, what um, barkers? What shoe are you wearing, Doc? Tell us. I'm going no, to no, I, I, like you. I have uh, I have, I have flat feet. I've had it for most of my life. So I have to wear a shoe with a, with a bit of a heel, about 1.5 centimeter heel, or uh, at the most two centimeter heel. Uh, and I need, I have to have an art support. I have to wear a shoe with an art support. And so now, for the last 10 years, I have reconciled myself to wearing runners. Because the runners, some of the, the runners is a good make, the good make runners, they, and, and, and if you've got flat feet, you ask for an anti-pronation runner at a good uh, at a shop where they sell uh, sports shoes, you ask them for an anti-pronation runner, and they will give you a runner which has an, which has an art support and it has a heel, and uh, it has no problems whatsoever. So I, I live in my runners. I, I, I walk with them. I, I use it every day. Uh, of course, I've got shoes to wear, formal shoes, uh, by, uh, for, for occasions and whatever, but those shoes are also with a heel and with an art support. So I can't wear flat shoes. I can't wear uh, hush puppies, and I can't wear uh, no sketches <laughs> and all that. No. Okay, perfect, Doc. And uh, yeah, we, I've got I've got an arch. Uh, yeah, perfect arch. But uh, I was just thinking, you know, to take precautions. And Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah for sharing that. You're truly, uh, uh, you know, adding value to the show this evening. Muhammad says uh, so much of a generic medicine on the market. The the prices are keen too. I do not have a medical aid, and uh, the former is my only uh, option. Can doctor advise us about a generic medicine? Good question there from uh, Muhammad Doc. Uh, uh, yes, that's a, that's a very important question. And, you know, the uh, problem is that, like in any business, uh, there are good generic companies and there are very bad generic companies. There are generic companies that make medicines very well, as close to the original as possible. Now, a generic medication is like a photocopy. So it can never be as good as the original. Although they say it's exactly the same as the original, it is like a good photocopy. It is not the original. And we, we know the difference because when we treat patients, and, and, and after a while treating patients with generics and, and original medications, we can tell that this generic works 90% of the original. This one works 85%, about 80 85%. This generic works about 60%, 70%. So we adjust our dosages according to how we know the gener how the generic works. Some generic some generic companies are very good. Their, their generic is as very close to the original as possible. Not identical, but very close.
95, 96, 97% as good as the original. So when you're looking at the generics, you have to find out which company uh, is it from. It must be a generic from a from a, um, uh, a well-known uh, generic company, generic, generic manufacturing company. The other thing that has happened uh, in the last uh, 10, 15 years is that the manufacturers of these original tablets, which are very expensive, have realized that when their patency expires, the generic companies now start manufacturing their medications. So what they've done is they make clones. So what, what that means, uh, they make clones to compete with the generic market. Uh, this is very important for people to know because uh, you, you know, people don't talk about this, but this is what actually happens. So let's, uh, you know, let's take a, a cholesterol-loading tablet called Aspergol, uh, Lipitor, Lipitor. Now, Lipitor has got a clone. It's called Aspergol. Now, then the genetic companies, which have Aspergol in, uh, which which have Lipitor in other names, Lipogen and all different medicines, they all genetic companies making the same thing as as uh, as um, Lipitor, but of course it's not the same thing. It's it's, it's close enough, but not the same thing. But this cloning of the medications. Now let's take the Lipitor, and the clone is Aspergol. So Aspergol is actually Lipitor, packed as a generic. It's packed as a generic. It's packed in a different container. It's packed in a different box, different label. Everything is different about it, but it's exactly the same as Lipitor. Exactly the same as Lipitor. So that now that will compete with the generic market. So you find that that clone will be very much in low in price, but it's a very good clone. It's a very good in in inverted commas generic. Not a generic, it's original, but it competes with the generic tablet. So when you're looking for a generic, it's a good idea to ask the pharmacist, is, can you, have you got a clone for this medication? Have you got a clone for this for, for whichever medication you're looking for? And, and, and invariably, there will be a clone. It may be a, a few rands extra, but that clone is actually the original tablet repacked, repackaged to compete with the generic market. Zakala for that, uh, Doc, uh, really uh, comprehensive indeed there. Afsana says, our three-year-old daughter keeps on asking for her dada, who unfortunately succumbed uh, to the virus uh, two months ago. We're trying not to tell her. What is the best option, uh, Doctor? Yeah, I don't know how old this child is. Uh, but I presume the child is under five years old. Because years above old. five, they would, they, would, they, would, they would have the knowledge to know what actually happened. So I think, I think you know, we know where, where, where Dada has gone. We know that Dada has gone to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, we mustn't lie to the child. That's what we must tell the child. We must tell the child, look, Allah ta'ala called Dada. Dada had to go. So it's like going overseas. It's like gone overseas to London or gone to America or wherever it is for the child. It'll be like the, the, the dada is gone, gone because Allah Ta'ala called, called him. And that's, that's the best way 
to to explain to a child that uh, Dada was called by Allah Ta'ala. Dada is now gone to Allah Allah Ta'ala, and uh, we are not going to see him uh, in the. Sh- we're not going to see him. So. Uh, you know, uh, and slowly the child will come to terms with it. If you keep saying the same thing over and over again, you'll find that the child will come to terms with it. Don't lie to the child. Don't hide it, because that's the worst thing you can do. You must tell the child, Dada is gone. He's not coming back. He's gone to Allah SWT. And that's what the child will tell everybody else. They'll ask the child, the, because the child also wants to know. If somebody asks you, what happened to Dada? The child will mm-hmm. say, Dada, Dada went to Allah SWT. So, uh, as the child grows up, that understanding uh, becomes a little more logical for the child to understand. And of course, because you haven't liked the child, the child's belief system will still hold on to that, even if the child is an adult. So, uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing to do for children. Lovely family questions coming through, and our, you know, family physician, mashallah, with his experience, is giving us beautiful answers. Uh, concerned uh, Mamu says, uh, I really enjoy the program, and alhamdulillah, Brother Shafaat, uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji, is a must. I know I also uh, must bring him every fortnight on the show, but sometimes Doc is so busy. Uh, uh, concerned Mamu goes on to say, when family members don't talk to each other, especially when living under the same roof, what are the consequences? Uh, Dr. Farooq Kafiji. What are the consequences? Consequences. Uh, well, yeah, what's the question? What, what are the consequences? Uh, yeah, he, he wants to know when family members don't talk to each other, especially when living under the same roof, what is the consequences? All right, okay. Uh, yes, uh, it, it, it happens. Uh, it's quite uh, quite something that uh, that happens in extended families, and uh, oh, you know uh, it, it's not an, um, it's not a nice thing for a family uh, for a family uh, to go through uh, because everyone in that family is unhappy. Everyone in the family is unhappy, and the children are also unhappy, and the children are confused because they really don't know which way to go, and they really don't know whether to befriend the other person or not to befriend the other person that mommy and daddy are not not in good terms with. So it is it is devastating for children. It is not a good thing, and uh, the, the adults need to. Uh, uh, need to sort themselves out, and one of the ways you just need you just need a few people in the house to change the tone of the whole house. And what these people need to do is they need to every morning they need to get up and tell themselves, "I'm going to be very good today." To everyone, I'm going to be very good to everyone, and I'm going to love everyone, and I'm going to help everyone as much as I can. That's what they must say to, to themselves, and they must continue. They must keep that going the whole day. They must keep them, keep telling themselves, "I must be good. I must love people, and I must be good to them. I must help them." And and so you keep doing that. So even if the person is uh, not talking to you, you talk to them, and you tell them how nice uh, you know they're looking nice. Tell them how you're looking very nice uh, and uh, you know just talk about whatever whatever you want to talk about all positive things is a good day what a lovely day uh, and uh, whatever else you want you want to talk about but 
Make it all positive. Make it all, and, 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 and be helpful to the other person. And you find that after a while, uh, you break the bridge. You break the, you break that, uh, barrier that you have, that, that, uh, that is there. I know it's difficult sometimes because there are deep rooted problems that are, uh, that exist. And, uh, a lot of the time, uh, these problems exist because people don't talk about them. And they don't, uh, address the issue. They don't sit around the table and say, look, this is a problem. This is what happened. Uh, a lot of, sometimes there's a lot of misunderstanding and, uh, and, and sometimes there's, there's a lot of envy mm. and jealousy involved in, in this as well. Um, Daddy loves my, my children. Daddy loves your children more than my children. Uh, therefore, mm. uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to be good to you, you know, because, and, and I'm not going to be good to Daddy because she loves your children more than she loves me. That kind of attitude. So this needs to be spoken about. It needs to be ironed out. And, and needs to be uh, rectified. If daddy is showing more attention to the other children, daddy must be told that, look, you know what, all these children are your grandchildren. Treat them all equally. So if you give, uh, if you give this set of uh, uh, children sweets, give this set of children sweets as well. Don't deprive them. If you give whatever you do to them, if you have those children, you must have these children. So daddy needs to be told as well. So it's, 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 it's communication that is lacking in families who have this problem. And one of the things that they need to do is sit down and, 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 and talk about what is the issue that's creating the problem. Absolutely, mashallah, doctor. Really having a family time, quality time with you this evening. Us- uh, Aslam Musa says, Assalamu alaikum. We have had stored a Zamzam for five years. Uh, uh, we drink a little at a time. My cousin says that the Zamzam water is uh, on sale because it's in a plastic bottle and it may cause harm. Doctor, can you please advise? There is a question about whether the, the leaching of the plastic into the water. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with Zamzam. Zamzam is fine. Absolutely fine. But it can get contaminated. It can get com- contaminated. If it's in a glass bottle, there's no problem with it. You can keep it forever. Forever and ever. It will not go off. Nothing will happen to it. But in a plastic, I would be a bit wary. Now, it depends on the plastic, whether it's hard plastic or soft plastic. Soft plastic seems the, the, the plastic leaches into the drink much easier. So if you look at the, the water bottle that we carry, that's soft plastic. And if you keep that water in that bottle for a long period of time, especially in heat or in sun, some of the plastic will leach into the water. And when you drink the water, you're going to be drinking some of the plastic with it. So uh, you, you can't, we can't see it, of course. There's microscopic, small little uh, the harder the plastic, uh, the more, the less leaching that occurs. So it depends on the container in which the zamzam has been kept. But I would, uh, uh, five years is a long time, uh, but uh, it's, a, it's a lesson to us. If we're going to keep zamzam for long periods of time, try and find a glass bottle to put it into, and then you can keep it for a long, long period of time. Jazakallah for that, uh, Doc. Uh, uh, a question from Chacha. Chacha says, uh, please help me, Dr. Faru Kafiji. Uh, I, uh, I suffer from incontinence. Can it be reversed? I can't even cough. When I cough, I wet all over. I'm 60, uh, 63 years old. Doc, can you help uh, Chacha? Is it a lady or a, uh, a lady or a man? Chacha. Chacha is a man, I think. 
about uh, two and a half minutes to go. Let's make this the last question. And uh, I got so much to choose from here. Let's take this one. It's a uh, prayer addict says, Assalamu alaikum. I sleep very easily at any time. I do get up at uh, the early hours of the morning to pray. Some family members say I disturb them a lot. I feel hurt. What's the doctor's take? Am I disturbing? Uh, should I delay my pl- uh, prayer till later, uh, till later on? Doc, uh, how would you advise uh, this uh, prayer addict? No, I think uh, the first thing is that you 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 see if you're not sleeping if you're not sleeping adequately at night, uh, then you are going to feel sleepy during the day. So it's a good idea to have a little nap during the day. Program yourself to have a nap during the day to take care of the missed sleep that you the, the sleep you missed at night. But uh, as far as disturbing the family is concerned, uh, what you do is you if you've got your own room. You know, be very quiet and make your do in the in the bathroom very quietly, and come come in your room and make make your make your ibadah in your room. No matter how small the room is, try and find it. You don't need much space. You don't really need much space to stand and and go into sajda. Uh, even if it's a corner, you you can do that. There's no problem. So try and stay in your room and and uh, just you know, don't put any lights on in the house. Um, and just just in your room if you want to, uh, and in fact these days you just open the curtains. Uh, you may get some light coming in, and it's a good idea uh, to make ibadah in the dark. It's it's uh, it's very good to do that because uh, you you're not distracted by anything around you. So uh, I would suggest that you continue with your ibadah, but just make sure that uh, uh, you do it in your in the privacy of your room. Uh, just go into the bathroom very quietly to make wudu, and come back into your room and make as little noise as possible and make your ibadah there. Absolutely, mashallah, Doc. Uh, your parting words before I let you go? 
Yes, uh, we just be, need to be a bit careful. We are we are uh, in COVID-19. We are we are on a downswing at the moment, uh, so it's going to remain like this for a while. Uh, so let's keep it there. The virus the virus is really uh, regrouping, uh, if you can use that word, uh, and we are expecting another surge in the near, 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 in the next uh, uh, month or so, in the next two or three months. So if anybody needs any surgery to be done, anybody needs any medication medical attention uh, that uh, that they have been putting off because of the virus. Now is the time to go and see your doctor. Now is the time to go and attend to the surgery that you need to do in hospital because the COVID numbers are right down and it, and, and you can go to hospital quite safely and not catch the COVID in, in hospital. Most of the hospitals are now downgraded the COVID wards and the, most of the hospitals are COVID free. Now is the time if you want to go an operation and you need to go to hospital, now is the time to do it. So, yeah, um, so use this opportunity to get your health right uh, before it starts, before the next surge comes up. Yes, sir, Dr. Paru Kapiji, a Barakafield evening with you. You have a mashallah evening ahead. I'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And to all the listeners that sent in questions, a big jazakallah khair to you, you and you. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan. And when we get back, uh, pertinence uh, punctuated uh, will be joining us.